when I was in high school, y'all remember pagers? Try to find one of those on Amazon now. See, like when I was in high school, cell phones were just starting to become popular with the kids in, in high school. And uh, the first round of uh, cell phones went to the druggies and the loosey-goosey girls. And, uh, and then it became a little bit more mainstream. And uh, I grew up playing the real stuff like this, this Nintendo. And uh, these things are ancient. I think we're trying to get it. Y'all remember this, right? Okay. There's the sound. The, uh, the challenge was real. Gro growing up, uh, dial-up was a real struggle. Beanie Babies aren't worth as, as much as people said. Goosebumps isn't teaching our kids how to read anymore. Really, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego now? MTV used to play music before Jersey Shore even did their reunion tour. Away messages are now status updates. And JT now owns MySpace. Hanson still has a following. Slip and slides are a modern day lawsuit. Chia pets are still a mystery. And we blow, we used to blow on our video games instead of waiting for the internet. You impressed? There it is. So uh, go ahead and open, uh, open up your trapper keeper and uh, take some notes. We used to say, yo, bro, that's sick. You're the bomb.com. And that's been replaced by It's Totes Gray. My squad is mad lit, so stay thirsty. We used to have scrunchies, snap bracelets, and giant Jinko pants. Y'all remember those? And those have been re replaced by dry shampoo, Apple watches, skinny jeans. And if you wear any of those from the original list, it's just because Retro and Champion is cool again. And my Insta handle just became Millennial Pastor. It's not actually hooked up because the technology is too old. <laughs> Dude, that was good, right? <laughs> Do you know how hard it was to find that? <laughs> I, I posted in our, like, Facebook group, and Joe Johnson, my front row crew, was just like, I got you. And he had, he had everything here but the actual console. He had the original box, and he was like so determined that he actually went on Facebook Marketplace and bought us the console and, uh, because he's going to go home and play it with his boy now, right? <laughs> it was awesome. If we're honest, though, uh, we used to have our things. We used to have to actually read manuals like for like how to do things. Now you just go on YouTube and you teach yourself how to play guitar. And, and little do we know that the kids uh, among us, the youth among us, are actually debating between whether or not you're going to watch videos on YouTube or this thing called Twitch, which is all geared around you watch other people do the activity. You watch other people play the video game. You watch other people knit. You watch other people go fishing. You watch other people do these activities. And now they're debating which, which platform is best for that. We act like, sometimes we act like the old way was so much better, but we had our things as well, didn't we? Like, we had video, maybe they played tablets, but we played video games. I played video games for hours and hours. We had our own things, all while walking uphill in the snow to school both ways, didn't we? And the old way isn't bad, it's just different. 
like, try. Like, the reason we can't hook up this Nintendo is because the technology is too old. Tell somebody if you need me, just call my pager. Like, we, we, it's just, it doesn't work nowadays. It's not to say that the old days were bad. And faith oftentimes works like that. We have this tendency as mankind to fall back into old customs that simply don't work. We become religious with our religion. We, it's, it's do, do, do to get God to like me. It's, it's, it's do all these religious things for, for my own comfort, my own standing before God, instead of embracing the finished work of Jesus Christ. Because in, in our nature, as I mentioned Nintendo, as, as we mentioned even some of these things from the past, isn't it true that we get comfortable in our own habits, and when it comes time to, to break in new habits, breaking old habits is just that uncomfortable. And so that's, that's the challenge that Jesus is facing as he just was eating with sinners and having that feast. Now this conversation continues, and it goes like this. And they said to him, the disciples of John fast often and offer prayers. So do the disciples of the Pharisees. And so they're looking to John, they're looking to themselves to draw a comparison to Jesus. And, but yours, eat and drink. And Jesus said to them, can you make the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? And the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. Jesus isn't saying we shouldn't fast, he's saying the day will come. And I, I find it, like, if you're Jesus, you can't win. You, you're, you're being attacked about, like, feasting or fasting. You're getting attacked from all angles. You're, you're just being attacked. And, and what, what I love about these Pharisees who have it out for Jesus, they use John. Like, hey, John and his homeboys, they, they're fasting, Jesus. Why aren't you? Do they even understand what John said to them? If you know anything about John the Baptist, he would call them all sorts of things. He, would, he came hard at the religiousity of, of the Pharisees. And now they're using John simply because it's a convenient thing, a convenient way to attack Jesus. And so this is manipulation at its highest form. By, by Jesus' day, the Pharisees, they, they prided themselves in, in making it easier for people to follow the rules of, of the Bible. And so they would add laws, they would add rules initially to make it easier for people, but then it became religious being religious. And, and, and by their day and age, the Pharisees would fast every Tuesday and every Thursday. And they expected now others to fast with them. And if you didn't, it was considered that you weren't that virtuous. Because religion, religion tends to snuff the fun out of life, doesn't it? And so when Jesus, when Jesus is choosing not to fast, they're looking at it as a lack of respect. He's not that religious. He doesn't really love God because he's not fasting. And so he goes into this, 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 this rhetorical question about a bridegroom and about weddings and things of that nature. Jesus is the bridegroom. His point in what he just said is that the bridegroom is present. I'm with you all. And so guess what? The point of fasting is to deny yourself something, so you take a season, you take an amount of time, and you focus yourself on God, you ignore things around you, you forego food, or you forego something else, so you can concentrate on God, ignoring the, the chaos in this world. His point is, I'm with them. They don't need to fast because they can reach out and touch me. 
and when I leave, trust me, they will fast, and fast they do. I can do this. I, I fast every single week. God put it on, good thing I didn't walk down these non-stairs that aren't here. Uh, If this is your first week at the old school, there's stairs right there. Okay. All right. I almost died in front of you. Anyways, I I, I fast. I want to hear what I'm saying. I fast. Okay, anyways. So I fast because God put it on my heart every single week to fast and to take a moment of time where I'm I'm going before God. Uh, I have kids. I have a wife. I have a family. I have sports. I have all those things. And to to forego food for a day or or some version of that where I'm focusing on God and praying for this moment, praying for this sermon. And I have a long list of things that I pray for. But once a week, I shorten that list to like three to five things where I just give focused time of prayer. That's something that God put on my heart. Now, here's where I can become religious like the Pharisees. If I were to come before you and say, well, I fast every Wednesday. Oh, you don't? Look who's holier than all you all. And, and I, I wouldn't want, I hope, I pray I never get to that point. But that's in essence what the Pharisees are doing. They put these rules and regulations for themselves and for the other people. And now they're attacking the other people when those things aren't held up. And and when they do this, they forget what the Bible actually says. They get lost in everything that they have added on, forgetting the life that Jesus has intended for us. So in their regulatory, obligatory living, they snuff out the life that Christ has intended for us. John 10.10 says this. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. As they're adding all these rules and rules and rules, they're snuffing life out. Is that why Jesus came for us to just live like robots? It doesn't sound like life. It doesn't sound refreshing. And so Jesus goes on to tell uh, what is a parable of sorts, three different illustrations. He also told them a parable. He says, no one tears a piece of new garment and puts it on old garment. If he does, it will, he will tear the new piece from, uh, from the new, will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled and the skins will be destroyed. But the new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. And no one after drinking old wine desires new, says the old is good. Jesus, Luke here through with Jesus is, is focused on the incompatibility. This old way of doing things doesn't really line up with this new way, this, this new thing that Jesus is doing. Old religion can't mix with new religion is in essence what Jesus says. And he gives us three, three analogies. One is like kind of like if any knitters, need sewers, like people that can fix clothing and stuff. I don't know that life, but I know people do know how you know how to knit. I bring my clothes to you. And, and so, uh, so like in this life, though, you don't, you don't take an old piece of garment and a new piece of garment and try to put them together because it's going to tear. Old and new, that's not compatible. Then he gives us another, this, this is a wine skin that I bought off for $7 off of Amazon. Apparently, you can hang these around your neck now. 
I don't know if this is how it's used, but anyways, in the old days, here's what you would do. You would take, you would take wine, you would crush grapes and stuff, you, you would put it in, in their day, wine skin and animal skin, and when the new wine is fermenting, gases get leaked out, and so the bag will need to stretch. And so you need new wine skin, which is more elasticy. Is that a word? It, it, it expands. And so you would need a new wine skin when it starts to ferment that can expand with the fermentation. If you get an old wine skin with new grape juice, if you will, and as it ferments, it's going to burst the bag wide open. And so you can't mix old and new. You have to have new with new, old with old. That's his point. If anybody wants this, you can have it because I'll never use that. <laughs> And then he makes this point, which may not make complete sense to us talking about the old. Because we think about old wine being aged wine being good. But in that day, they would age wine. It was, it was a way to protect them from the watering source. Like their water was sometimes questionable. And so they would mix it with a little wine. It actually had health benefits for that. And so you would, you would mix it with a little wine. It would last a little longer. But the joy, the good stuff was a few days after harvest, within four days after harvest, you would get those fresh grapes, and it would be sugary, it would be sweet. You would want, you would want wine within four days of it being produced. That was the good stuff. The old stuff was stingy, yucky. Like, any y'all make homemade wine? No one celebrates that. Homemade wine, I hear, is awful. And it's in that field. Jesus is saying, no one this day and age is going to choose the old wine. They're going to want that new, fresh stuff. And so he says that to their discredit, that you're, you're, choosing, you're choosing the old and foregoing the new when the new is so much better. You can't mix the two. It creates this dangerous element for you and for I. Jesus is living, Jesus is ushering in, in kind of a, this, this transitional time of his life, this transitional day and age with religion where, you're, where you're, we're walking with this old covenant, this old way of doing things, with this new covenant, covenant that Jesus represents, this, this new found faith that Jesus, who is going to be born under the law, who can completely uphold the law, is able then to usher in something that is new. And so I don't want to attack the Pharisees too much, because if we're honest with ourselves, we struggle letting go of the old for the new as well. I mean, we're still a relatively new church, but our day will come. Yes, we're doing Relentless Love Week this year. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be better than ever. It's our second one, so it, it, we, it's going to be better than ever. <laughs> but there might be a day and age where we say, what do you mean we're not going to do Relentless Love Week this year? Maybe there'll be a day and age where, you, where we say, what do, you, what do you mean worship is going to change a little bit? Or, or, or where, where we say, well, we've always done life groups in living rooms. What do you mean we're going to do an online life group? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Our day might come where we're looking at old habits and saying, we need fresh habits. What will we do then? So Jesus is talking about these, these two ways of doing things. The old way... This old covenant was, here's a list of rules. 
here's a what to do when you break those rules. If you, if you, break, if you break the rules, there's a, there's a system in place where you can sacrifice, where you can get the priest's help to help you go before God. Because if there's sin in your life, you can't be with me, God. And so you have to sacrifice. You have to kill animals. You, you can't eat anything unclean. You have to do certain things. You have to do, do, do. And then go before the priest, and the priest will intercess for you and go before Father God. And what Jesus does is he's born in that system. And because they always, if you, want, if you were in the Old Testament, you wanted to be saved by faith as Abraham was, you were saved by this coming promise of a Messiah that would save them from this system. A system that Jesus would come, be the Messiah, and end the system. He would be the once and for all final sacrifice. Allowing us to live that life of freedom. Live a life of freedom knowing that Jesus perfectly did it. And that in him is forgiveness. In him I no longer go to a priest to intercess for me before God. I go to God himself because Jesus is my intercessor. Jesus perfectly did this where I'm not living a life of obligation. I'm living a life of gratitude. I'm no longer living a life where I have to do something. I'm living a life where I get to do something. I get to be here. I get to worship with my kids. I get to worship with you all. It's not something I have to do. I don't have to read my Bible. I get to read my Bible because Jesus paid it all. And out of gratitude, I want to be where Jesus is. And I want to live the life that Jesus lived. And I want to allow him to live his life through me. I trust the finished work of Jesus Christ. I can't keep I can't keep living as if I have to do something to earn God's grace. What more can we add to the cross of Christ? All the grace, all the love is right there. We get to now live out of that cross. But we fight that. I mean, again, going back to our nature, go rent a movie from Blockbuster. <laughs> Can't. I mean, Blockbuster had their day, right? They, they had a time where they were saying, where Netflix came to Blockbuster and said, we want, we want you all to buy us out. And Blockbuster said, I don't think it's going to take off. And they said, no. Who's worth more money? <laughs> Y'all got Netflix. We can't, if we want to market, some of us have our own businesses. Do you market like you used to market? Y'all, you, like, you think like AA towing is actually like what they, like you think it's owned by people in recovery? No, AA towing is because they wanted to be first in the phone book. We don't market like we used to. Y'all don't even use a phone book anymore. You Google. We have to something, and that's the premise of what Jesus is saying, and that, and that can be done even in religious circles. The, I've been on elder boards. You want to know what the closest vote I've ever had on an elder board? I think the vote was like 7 to 5 or something like that. It was the closest vote I've ever seen on an elder board. You want to know what it was over? Online giving. They, they didn't want, they thought everybody has to pass a plate, everybody has to give with an envelope system and a number, and that's all, that's not saying those systems are bad, but what, what we were saying on this elder board was, listen, I don't really have a checkbook, I write like two checks a year, like, I, like, it's only to God that I'm writing a check, and, and the online thing is, is okay, it's not as bad as we might make it out, and that was the closest 
religious vote, elder board vote, I've ever had was over online giving where somebody didn't quite say I was stupid for thinking what I was thinking, but they came darn close to thinking I was an idiot. And here we are. We get stuck in that old system. We have those moments where we're trying to do, do, do for God, and we, and we mess up, and we wonder, does God even like me? He loves me. I know the cross, but does he even like me? Some of us are still trying to live in that do, 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 and I have to, I have to, I have to. And what happens when you mess up? At least the old system had a sacrificial way to, to, to amend, to atone, to, to make it right. Any of you all still sacrificing animals? So what do you do? I've talked to Jewish friends in our community, and I've asked them why. Well, I understand why we don't sacrifice animals anymore because of Jesus. Why don't you? And their response is just culture because the culture has changed, and now we just live to be good. But what happens when you don't? And that's the freedom that Christ ushers in. And so sometimes things change, habits change change. If I go back to these old church ways, we, we sometimes think that we have to pass a plate. Passing a plate is a one-way ticket to holiness, or that, that closing my eyes when I pray is going to make me holy. I, I know somebody that was a missionary and was a missionary, and if they saw people closing their eyes, they thought, well, that must be a Christian, and so they murdered Christians for closing their eyes, and it was very uncomfortable for her to, to be in an overseas country and to open her eyes while praying, and she had to battle for a while to think, well, does God really command me to close my eyes, or is that just a, a habit? A habit that makes sense, but is it just a habit? What, what about those ways of reaching people for Jesus? You want to know how our grandparents did it? They took the school bus into a development and said, come on, kids, let's go to VBS. That's a lawsuit! Like, we can't just take this church bus and go to a, go to a, park, a park and say, Come on, all you little kids, let's go to church. Like, the lawsuits and, like, the public, like, we're out. We're, like, we're out. We can't, we, we can't do that anymore. Not to say that those things weren't, some of you probably got saved like that, and that's awesome. But we sometimes, we can't keep those old habits in, in, in nowadays. We used to use flannel graft. They're not using flannel graft up there. Not to say it was bad, but to say things have changed. We actually use Netflix now and, and, and online things to help with our kids. Jesus said this. All this, all this, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. See, in God's new economy, it's not if we pass a plate. It's not if we use a flannel graft. It's not if we do X, Y, Z. You want to know how they're going to know that you're a Christian? How you treat others. How you love others. How you love those that have gone to jail and are coming out of the prison system and how you give them a, a toothbrush. How, how you meet that homeless person on the way into the post office and, and you do have some cash or gift cards in your car and, and you can walk by and say nothing or you can say, can I hook you up with a gift card? By your love, they'll know. And if you love Jesus, yeah, you do things. I, I love Jesus, and so I do read my Bible, not because I have to, because I get to. And so in this regards, what Jesus is saying to these Pharisees is revolutionary. 
And so that's our thought for the day, is that the new life that Jesus offers is good. The new life that Jesus offers is good because we just sang about freedom and thank God that we have freedom. And what happens if you're trying to live in that old system and, and you do mess up? What happens? What takes away that sin? What, what do you have to Are you going to sacrifice again? At least with Jesus, he has paid it all and he has forgiveness and we accept that and we move forward. But here's our inclination to take freedom and to run. To take freedom as freedom to sin. And there's people sitting in our seats right now that are wondering, is this guy just a wicked liberal? No, that is not what I'm saying. I am not saying that this is a freedom to sin, that Jesus died. I I get to go to heaven now, so let's just go live crazy. No, it's not a license to sin. It's a license to live as God has called me to live, to pursue holiness, because I don't have to live it out of obligation. I get to live for holiness out of gratitude. One of our core values here is endless growth. Endless growth is not pursuing the wild life, pursuing the party life, pursuing the the drunken life, pursuing the drugs, pursuing gossip. Endless growth is realizing that Jesus died for me, that my sin cost my Savior his life. And I'm going to wake up every darn day and say, Jesus, I want to be more like you. Help me. Help me. I have the freedom to do that. And when I mess up, I am sorry, and I get back on the horse. And what I believe is that the early church lived like this. They started doing away. They had their battles over everything we're talking about. But the early church lived like this. And you know what happened to them as they lived out their freedom? (laughs) They became attractive. God added to their numbers. People wanted to be them. People want, like Peter gets up and preaches and like 3,000 say, I want Jesus. And so as you and I live out of a place of freedom, I think as we love others, people are going to flock. People are going to want what we are loving out. You know what's going to happen? Sinners hate freedom. Sinners or the religious church, I should say, the religious people, they hate freedom. What they want is rules or regular, like, do, all, do, 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 do. That's legalism. The freedom that we have in Christ is attractive as we live that out. So let's live that out. Legalism is never attractive. And so that's my challenge for us, is, is we need to try a new approach for Pray for One. As we keep praying for people, as we pray for people to come to know Jesus, as we wake up every morning praying, God, give me one more person. Give me one more person to share your love with and to let them know about this freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. That means as we we live in this new freedom that Christ has for us, that we are going to stretch the boundaries of creativity. That we're going to do anything short of sin to reach people with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. I never want to encourage sin. But if I can do something that can reach somebody for Jesus Christ and it is not sin, I am going to do it. It might ruffle the feathers of some of our religious friends, but if it's not sin, count me in. I'm going to go all after that and stretch the boundaries of creativity. Because Christians need to go places that other people aren't willing to go to reach people that no one else are willing to reach. We better go and we better reach, and that means that there's going to be criticism. Pharisees criticized what they didn't understand, and there will be others that criticize. So my question to us is, what's holding you back? 
What's holding you back from reaching other people and letting them know about this freedom that we have in Jesus Christ? I, uh, I think one of the best examples of this, uh, of uh, getting caught between two systems is something that I really, really am terrible at. I used to be awesome. I got like 100 on my driver's test and 100 in like the actual driving. Like I, like if there's anybody in this room that's a good driver, it's me. Not the people from New York State. New York State, y'all like, ugh. But anyways, I knew how to back up. And then they came out with these things called the backup camera. Like, have, has, is I the only one that now Bennett, like, struggles with backing up? Like, so, show that picture. This is something I took the other day in the parking lot. Like, is that a truck thing? Like, y'all that own trucks. Like, do you all always have to back up? Like, some of you guys are all like, I back up. And you know what I hear all the time? I back up so I can get away quickly. Like, what sort of crime are you in? Like, what are you robbing that you have to get away so quickly? But that's the number like, and these people are always backing up. All, and, and, and here's my struggle. I used to be awesome at backing up by holding the wheel and looking backwards and, and, and going like that. But then they came out with these cameras in the next picture. Some of these cameras actually turn as you turn your car, and, like, they're incredible. And you know where I have literally hit other cars? It's because I'm doing, like, 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 and I forget which car I'm in. I forget, like, what I'm doing. I forget, like, and all of a sudden, like, I get caught wanting to do this, but then I get caught wanting to do here, and it ends up to be to my discredit. I have literally hit cars because I was caught between the two. And so Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. Don't get caught in that old system. Pursue holiness because you get to pursue holiness. Pursue holiness because you know that when you mess up, Jesus has paid it off. He wants you. He desires you. He can't love you any less because he's shown all the love that he can show you at the foot of the cross. And so we get to, with complete joy and gratitude, pursue Jesus. And so this last song that we're going to sing is, is the beautiful name of Jesus. Because how appropriate it is to leave here celebrating name of Jesus that did pay it all, that did cover our sins, that, that has given us every reason to celebrate. So let's leave here celebrating the beautiful name.